everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. The season is behind us. Yesterday, we talked a bit about the Super Bowl. The football season's over, which means we are now officially full swing into the Dynasty in season, as we love to call it here at Player Profiler. So I figured what better way to do it than to talk about the best values at each position to target this offseason in your Dynasty football leagues. I don't have just five values for you, not just 10 values, not 15 values, not 20 values, but 26 value players to target in your leagues today. Go make some trades. Let's go ahead and start talking about it. Pull out your coffee, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, I'm ready to get on into this. No overlays today. I spent way too long getting all these values uh, put together that I didn't have a, a picture frame uh, to my left. Every single, uh, or is that my left? Yeah, that's my left. Um, <laughs> uh, for every single player that I'm going to talk about today, but you guys get the point. We're going to go player by player, really. I've got a medium amount to talk about, about every single player. And like I said, we're going to talk about every single position. And I've got 26 players for you. So good morning to everyone here in the chat. Love to see you guys this morning on Instagram, on YouTube, Anthony, Jess, Jamie, everyone else that hasn't sent a message yet. Let's go ahead, buckle up and get right on into spending some money in our dynasty leagues. The first thing we're going to start with is of course quarterbacks with the disclaimer that this is going to be super flex only with the maybe exception of Derek Carr. Derek Carr right now is quarterback 32 or sorry, my, is quarterback 35 in the player profiler rankings. The value uh, kind of line that I set here was I was looking for quarterbacks outside of the top 32 that I felt would be worth trading for at least to some degree. So starting with Derek Carr, I said most of these should be super flex, but if you're really in a pinch in one quarterback leagues, I think Derek Carr is a decent one to target. He should be basically free in a super in a single quarterback league pretty cheap in Superflex at quarterback 35. But you've got to remember here, he's still under contract with the Saints for two more seasons, and he still has Chris Olave to throw the ball to. And their new offensive coordinator is Clint Kubiak, who was the 49ers pass game specialist last season, was the Vikings 2021 offensive coordinator during their good season. So he's definitely a solid offensive coordinator coming from a really good coaching tree. So I think that Clint Kubiak as the offensive coordinator can only mean good things for Derek Carr in his now second season on the Saints. And in his first year on the Saints, it wasn't even that bad. I was surprised to see he'd fallen from grace. I mean, this is a guy who was a top 20 quarterback going into last season. Lots of people getting hyped about him. And he wasn't that bad. He finished with over 3,800 yards, almost got to the 4K mark, had 25 pass touchdowns, and was 22nd in points per game, which is 13 higher than his current quarterback 35 price tag. That's value. And in case that wasn't enough, last season, he was top 10 in pass attempts, red zone attempts, deep ball attempts, air yards, passing touchdowns, completion percentage, under pressure completion percentage, clean pocket completion percentage passer rating, production premium, and was top three against man coverage in passer rating and completion percentage. 
that's a pretty solid season from a quarterback there. And you love to hear the volume marks about being top 10 in pass attempts, red zone attempts, and deep ball attempts. He's clearly out there slinging it, and he's still going to be the Saints quarterback next season. So at his price tag, I think he's definitely a value. Again, still under contract, still has Chris Olave, and is getting an upgrade at offensive coordinator. Coming off a pretty solid season at nearly 4,000 yards and top 10 and pass touchdowns. Not bad at all. Go get yourself some Derek Carr. And he's not even a guy like I'm a huge fan of, but I just think that that's a value right there. Good old value town. These next few quarterbacks are risky. Derek Carr is the one that is actually probably worth trading for in both formats. These next few are all super flex values because we don't know the exact situation. So it's hard, but that's the whole beauty of fantasy football, right? Is you're able to find these risky scenarios that maybe you believe will become positive and you can get some value there in an otherwise pretty scared market. So you'll look at Gardner Minshew, who right now is sitting at quarterback 41, despite being quarterback 23 in points per game last season. We know that he only signed a one-year contract with the Colts. So right now he's a free agent. So when you see that, there are two options here. Either he re-signs in Indianapolis and is the backup to Anthony Richardson, who had three different injuries in his only four games, really three games playing, or he's starting for a team next year. That's how it's going to go, right? I mean, it's either he goes somewhere else and is starting, or he stays in Indianapolis as the backup to a quarterback who is probably going to have some sort of injury concerns next season as well, just hopefully not too serious. So at quarterback 41, you could probably get Gardner Minshew for a pretty decent price. And you're talking about a guy who can sit there on your bench and maybe come in during the season at some point to start or literally be your quarterback too if he ends up being a starter. So a decent one there. Another one kind of in the same situation is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who is even cheaper at quarterback 46. Same kind of situation here. Either he ends up starting somewhere next season or it's just a high level backup to someone, which is okay in super flex leagues. Same thing could be said about Jameis Winston, who right now is quarterback 47. Kind of the same thing. Either he's backing up in New Orleans next season, which doesn't seem to be the case, or he's starting somewhere else, finally gets another chance as a starting quarterback. I think a lot of players especially love Jameis Winston. I think his time in the league has earned him another chance. He's been really good when he stepped up as the backup, and he's a great locker room presence. So I really do think we could see Jameis Winston on a new team next season, either starting or a very high-level backup that could start to see the field maybe second half of the season if things go wrong, or early half of the season, maybe he goes to a team that drafts a rookie uh, and throws them out after Jameis Winston maybe takes the early season. But either way, I think Jameis Winston is going to score more fantasy points in 2024 than he did at 2023, and at his price tag, a quarterback 47 and super flex doesn't get much better than that. And lastly, I just want to continue to put myself on the record. I am probably the last person on earth still believing in Trey Lance. And I want to put this disclaimer because I wasn't in on Trey Lance when he was on the San Francisco 49ers. Never, not even his rookie season was I in on Trey Lance, but I just, I don't know what it is. I love the fact that he landed in Dallas. It just feels right to me. I don't know how to explain it any other way than it just feels right in my gut that Trey Lance is a Dallas Cowboy. Dak Prescott has had an injury history in his career, and I do think that if something were to happen to him, Trey Lance would be that backup, and he still has such a high ceiling, and I think he'd be okay 
with those weapons in that system, now having even more time sitting on the bench, taking in the NFL. I think Trey Lance on the Cowboys is a match made in heaven. And if he ever gets opportunity, I really do think he'll finally succeed. And at his quarterback 44 price tag, doesn't get much better than that, especially where we've seen his value before. You can get this guy super cheap. And I say, why not throw him on your bench and see what happens? Not saying he's going to be a high-level starter really anytime soon, but I do think that he's going to at some point get a nice opportunity on this Cowboys team, and I've just got a good gut feeling about it. Literally not even going to say anything more than that. Just a good gut feeling about it. I like his price tag. I like his situation right now. So those are the quarterbacks uh, that, that I think that are worth trying to trade for. Uh, I do want to say before we move on to these skill positions, my trade strategy is going to change here. So with these quarterbacks, I think it's okay for you to just go to the manager and see what the price tag is for the quarterback, especially in super flex leagues. Like that's just what it's going to be. It's going to be hard to get those guys as a throw in, but for running back wide receiver and tight end, that's what your strategy should be. Shout out to Maddie Kiwu, my fellow trade God. I see Bearded Prince in the chat from the Trade Gods League. Shout out to you. Uh, this is the situation that Matty Kiwoom loves to do when it comes to trading. He calls it the Django method after the Django movie. Basically what it is, is you don't go to a manager and say, hey, I want this running back. You go to this manager and say, hey, I'd like, you know, Christian McCaffrey or like a player that's a high level that you would like that anyone would want to trade for. And then you try to work out something where you can get some of these skill position players as a throw in. You never, ever want to go to a trade manager for any of these value players to see what they cost, because that's going to raise all the alarms in their head. Like, why the hell does this player want Kendra Miller off of me? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and raise my price tag. But if you go to them and say, hey, I want T. Higgins, could you also maybe throw in Kendra Miller? That's where the magic can happen. So make sure you keep that in mind when you're looking at these players. So starting with running back. So at quarterback, like I said, I started at quarterback 32 was kind of my mark for running back RB 36. So these are going to be RB fours or later that I think are worth trading for. I do just want to put out a disclaimer before getting into the RB position as some of these are a little risky. That's the whole point of trading for the running back season in the off season. Most of the time players are trading away their running backs in dynasty during this time of year because it's so risky. But that's where you can really make some money. That's where you can really make your bread. Basically, you've got to risk it for the biscuit at the running back position, and you cannot be scared to crash and burn. So when I name these players, I'm not saying it's going to be a full success story here. I'm just saying it's worth the risk at their price tag. And that's just important to note because I do totally understand that running backs are a huge risk in Dynasty. It's just which players are you willing to accept that risk for at their price tag. So we'll start with J.K. Dobbins, probably the hottest topic in Dynasty really when it comes to risky running backs. We have no idea what to expect from J.K. Dobbins and the dude just can't seem to stay on the field. And unfortunately for him, he's coming off of an Achilles tear which is literally the worst injury you could have as a running back, which has brought his value all the way down to running back 55. That's just so low for a player with that profile. 
99th percentile speed. I mean, the guy is just electric. And we've seen 500-plus yard games in his career. So I just think that at his price tag, it's worth the risk, even with the injury history. We saw Cam Akers, for example, Deontay Foreman, for example, come back and at least play okay and play a full season their first year back from the Achilles. It was really the next season that Cam Akers had his issue tearing the other Achilles. Uh, But we saw both Deontay Foreman and Cam Akers play the next season off of their Achilles tear. We're starting to see the same with Aaron Rodgers. Players are at least returning to play off of this injury, just not necessarily at the high level they did before. But with that being said, J.K. Dobbins is a free agent. So he's either going to sign back in Baltimore fairly cheap, a team that really does need a running back and could benefit from his skill set, or he's going to go to another team and probably also get a crack at potentially starting. Uh, And again, with his profile at that price tag, I say it's worth it. I understand it's a massive risk given his career. But what I mean, RB 55, what's that going to cost you a fifth round pick for a guy who used to be like a first round rookie pick? Why not see what happens? If it fails, it fails. But then you could be like, I at least tried to believe in J.K. Dobbins one more season. The, 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 you know, the value was just too hard to pass up. And I think that that's the case here with J.K. Dobbins. And the next running back is a player I have never been in on my entire career as a fantasy football player. Not on the Eagles and sure as hell not on the Panthers last season. Miles Sanders, who's even cheaper than J.K. Dobbins at RB58. But he's still on the Panthers next season. If you'll remember, he signed a massive contract. And luckily for him, the Panthers are such a bad team that they can't address RB next year. So it's still going to be him and Chuba Hubbard. And yes, Chuba Hubbard is probably going to be the starter. He's a more talented back. And Dave Canales likes the receiving backs a bit more. But we see injuries happen. So we like it's just it's not like a a fact that Miles Sanders won't have a few games as the starter at some point. But also, I firmly believe that the Panthers offense is going to look better next season, whether it be Dave Canales is actually a good coach or they bring in a wide receiver one that can kind of help Bryce Young a bit and maybe upgrade that offensive line a decent bit, which will help Miles Sanders. Again, I've never been in on this guy, but at RB58 on a team that's probably going to take a step forward and score some more touchdowns, why not see what happens on Miles Sanders, a guy who people used to love in the fantasy football space, especially his year on the Eagles, where he just went insane for touchdowns. We'll never see that again. But could we see him get 800 rush yards and six rushing touchdowns next season? Sure. And that's not bad for that price tag of RB58. Again, still on the Panthers next year. They're going to take a step forward. And even if he's the RB2, he's still probably the, the the power running back, the goal line back, which will score some touchdowns. And who knows, maybe there'll be an injury that falls his way and he can you know have a few games. He's the true bona fide starter. And we can see what happens. So Miles Sanders, an interesting one. And we get even cheaper somehow with Raheem Mostert. So J.K. Dobbins, RB55. Miles Sanders, RB58, Raheem Mostert, RB60, despite just scoring 21 touchdowns and still under contract with the Miami Dolphins. They have an out. 
but technically he's still under contract in 2024. And I can't think of a reason that the Dolphins would take that out. I mean, he has been absolutely electric for him and has, in my eyes, kind of taken away that injury prone tag. I mean, he's played every single game for the Dolphins, I think, except one, maybe two games, which is all you can really ask for as a running back. And I totally understand that Devon A-Chain will be going into year two and probably be the RB1 on the roster next year. But Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins have shown that they love to use a committee. So Raheem Mostert will almost certainly still be thrown in. And with his profile and nose for the end zone, I can't see a world where he doesn't outperform RB60. Will he score 20 touchdowns again? Hell no. But will he score, you know, maybe close to 10? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Genuinely. So I would love to see it. Raheem Mostert at RB60, despite being 31 years old, I think is a value, especially for some teams who maybe want to fill in the gap at running back, try to compete with some cheap guys. Raheem Mostert is the perfect answer. At RB44, at RB44, we have Antonio Gibson. This is honestly another player I've never been that in on. I just hated his situation in Washington. Ron Rivera clearly did not like his skill set, and he was never properly utilized. But, but, he's finally off his rookie contract, ladies and gentlemen. Antonio Gibson is a free agent. And I just, I can't imagine a world where Antonio Gibson doesn't land in a landing spot with a team that knows how to use his skill set. He's had nearly 250 receiving yards every single year, four straight seasons with at least 247. He's got the 100th percentile speed. He has no major injury history. I just think it's finally time to be in on Antonio Gibson, especially at the RB44 uh, price tag. And you have to do it now because once he signs with a team, he's going to be unobtainable. Uh, because, you know, we love Antonio Gibson in Dynasty. We really do. But if he's somehow on a roster for, with someone that doesn't love Antonio Gibson, I think you could get him really cheap. I see here in the chat, Jamie says that they got Gibson uh, for the 311. And that is probably right. I would maybe try to use a fourth round pick, but N third is fine. My only hesitation there is that I do believe this rookie class is pretty stacked. At the running back position, I think you could get some good ones at the 311 early fourth. But a lot of those same guys are going to have basically the same situation that Antonio Gibson does without the explosiveness and without the probable landing spot that will use his skill set correctly. So I think that that's a solid trade. I'd maybe try a little cheaper, but then we're, we're just, you know, splitting hairs there and not really worth it. But I do just want to say, while we're talking about running backs, get your third round rookie picks, get your fourth round rookie picks, and perhaps even get your fifth round rookie picks as I had the pleasure to go to the senior bowl all of those running backs to me look like bona fide NFL backs. And I think that they'll probably all end up getting drafted. And if they're undrafted, probably at least work their way into the active roster. I loved all the running backs at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and really just this class, as I continue to do more research, just gets deeper and deeper and deeper, even if it's not very top heavy. So start getting your late round rookie picks for sure. I've got just a few more running backs for you. Kendra Miller at RB39. This is probably the riskiest of the bunch. I'm not going to lie, but it is a interesting situation here. The Saints do have an out on Alvin Kamara's contract. If you go look at it, they could save a good bit of money this year by, you know, letting him go. 
which is certainly within the realm of possibility. The Saints are projected right now to be under $80 million in cap space. Negative $80 million in cap space. They have to make some moves. And so it could start with Alvin Kamara, who again, they have an out on his contract, which would mean that Kendra Miller probably gets the first crack at it. They just spent a third round pick on him. And last year, he had a couple decent games. In week 18, he had 14 touches for 79 yards and a touchdown. And in week five, he had 16 touches for 90 yards with four receptions sprinkled in. So he has this all-purpose skill set. He's, of course, no Alvin Kamara. But if Kamara does walk uh, and the Saints clear out this cap space, they're not going to be able to do much at the RB position. Uh, and I think Kendra Miller could finally maybe be the Kendra Miller that everyone wanted him to be coming out of college. So at RB39, it's a little risky, but it's possible. Especially if they move on from Alvin Kamara, he should totally outperform that. It's just, you know, will they move on from Alvin Kamara is the question you have to ask yourself. Uh, again, they're projected to be under $80 million, $80 million under the cap, which is a ton of money that they're going to have to try to clear out. So the next running back is James Conner, who just no matter what, right? I, I, I said this last year. I called James Conner a value last year. This guy is just always a value. He is the most disrespected player in fantasy football right now at the RB36 price tag. That was right at the line that I wanted to call players a value. Uh, I maybe shouldn't have counted him, should have been uh, you know, everything after RB36, but I just wanted to mention him. He's still technically under contract with the Cardinals next season, and they should be better. Kyler Murray's going to have the full year, and they might even add Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft, which will only help the offense. And all James Conner does is produce. Last year, he was 13th in points per game. The year before that, he was 9th. Last year, he had 1,000 rush yards and almost 200 receiving yards with nine touchdowns. The year before that, he had 1,000 all-purpose yards. And last season, he was top 10 in juke rate, evaded tackles, breakaway run rate, and breakaway runs. He's still explosive at his older age. So uh, James Conner is, yes, I do mean under or over the cap scrap iron, sorry. But James Conner is a value at RB36. He should certainly outperform that with the Cardinals next season. Go get yourself some James Conner. And the last running back value I have for you is Israel Abanacanda. I wanted to at least pick one high-value handcuff to go after this offseason, and I'm going to go with Israel Abanacanda at RB67 on playerprofiler.com. The Jets will not address running back this year, and they let Dalvin Cook go. Israel Abanacanda has 97th percentile bursts and is 5'10", 216 pounds. So he's not undersized despite being incredibly explosive. And we've seen the uh, the kind of resurgence of these explosive running backs last season with Keaton Mitchell, with Devon A-Chain, with Raheem Mostert, all being really, really good for fantasy football. So I think Israel Abanacanda is someone we really, really need to keep our eyes on. Uh, he is, again... RB67 with 97th percentile burst and is the RB2 on the Jets to Brees Hall. And I think with his explosiveness, with his skill set, he should find himself with at least a 25% opportunity share, which is pretty decent, especially if the Jets offense does have Aaron Rodgers next season. We could see this team score a lot more points. And Israel Abanacanda, even in a complimentary role, could be good, let alone if an injury goes his way. So Israel Abanacanda is a handcuff I am heavily targeting this offseason. So we've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. Um, 
let's do some wide receivers. So I did for quarterback outside the top 32. For running backs, I did outside the top 36. For wide receivers, I've done outside the top 60. So these are some deep, deep wide receivers that I feel are worth targeting. So these are going to be wide receiver sixes or lower. So we'll start with Wandale Robinson and Jalen Hyatt, Giants wide receivers that are young. The Giants should be fired up next season, coming off probably the most disappointing season in their franchise history. Uh, Danny Dimes will be back as well. Not saying he's a great quarterback, but he should be helpful um, at, at some point, right? Uh, you know, at least compared to what quarterback play we were watching on the Giants last season. And we still see all these rumors that Saquon Barkley is probably leaving the Giants this year, which means they'll have to rely on their pass game a bit more next year. And at the very least, not feed the ball to Saquon. All of those, that volume is going to go somewhere. And so I think that this passing attack is going to take a step forward next season. And right now, Wandale Robinson is wide receiver 61 and Jalen Hyatt is wide receiver 74. Um, and I think that that's solid. Wandale was a second round pick, 20% target share last season and had multiple games as the leading target earner. He operates close to a line of scrimmage. He should still be fed. And I think that he'll kind of be the gadgety guy that gets to schemed plays to kind of replace Saquon Barkley. I think he should pretty easily outperform his wide receiver 61 price tag in full PPR for sure. Um, then Jalen Hyatt, he's just a speedster, and I love myself some speedsters. He was a third-round pick last year, had an 89-yard game, had a 109-yard game, unfortunately didn't score any touchdowns, but he did have five touchdowns against Alabama his last season at Tennessee, so he clearly knows how to score. He's clearly an explosive athlete, and if this pass game does take a step forward, why not take a bet on these Giants receivers that are incredibly undervalued right now because everyone's so unsure about what that team will look like next year. Another value at wide receiver is going to be Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 64. Um, it's interesting that he's down at wide receiver 64. I understand that he's 31 years old, but he's still under contract with the Seahawks and the guy just always produces. He might have less production, but he still produces. And at wide receiver 64, I find it very hard to believe that he wouldn't outperform that. He was 37th in points per game last year, had 894 receiving yards and five touchdowns. He had a 200 or a two touchdown game and had multiple games with eight plus targets. He's clearly still Tyler Lockett. And at his price tag with his age, he's almost certainly obtainable in Dynasty. I think he's a great value in Dynasty right now. Go get yourself some Tyler Lockett. Don't be scared about JSN and DK Metcalf. Lockett will still get his. The next wide receiver, and I understand he sucks. I really do. I just, I think that it's probably worth it. Maybe this is one that is probably, we've got three pretty risky ones here. Uh, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver 66. I understand he sucks, but we finally have a competent head coach, right? John Harbaugh is competent. And uh, I'm just, I, I think that it'll, Jim Harbaugh is competent and I think it'll be okay. I think it'll at least be better than what we saw in his rookie season. And I think that he'll at least be used properly, hopefully get some more screens, hopefully just get the short yak stuff and we could really see him explode. He's clearly not a contested catch player. He's clearly not a go down the field and get it guy. But if Jim Harbaugh can get him the right plays, I think he can succeed. 
definitely a disappointment. And I wouldn't give more than a fourth rounder for him. Maybe a late third if I have like Justin Herbert. But otherwise, it's going to be hard for me to want to get Quentin Johnson. I just see him down at wide receiver 66. And I still think there's some hope just because he's attached to Justin Herbert. They have a competent head coach now. We could see what happens. If it fails, it fails. But you got a young wide receiver attached to a young up-and-coming offense with led by one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's probably worth it, as risky as it is. The next wide receivers I have for you are Patriots wide receivers. I'm going to name Demario Douglas and Tyquan Thornton as they're the young ones. Right now, Demario Douglas is wide receiver 68, and Tyquan Thornton has found himself all the way down at wide receiver 119. But I would find it very hard to believe if the Patriots don't get a quarterback upgrade this year and these wide receivers aren't unlocked. We finally have Bill Belichick gone, so we should see a change of offensive mindset. Uh, And Demario Douglas was really good last year uh, with uh, having, from week seven onward, he had five targets or more, clearly earning targets. And Tyquan Thornton is still fast as hell. He ran a 4-2-8-40. He could be unlocked with a better quarterback, with a new offensive mind. I'm keeping my eye on these Patriots receivers. I think they're incredibly cheap and probably free, especially when you come to Tyquan Thornton. So look for those guys for sure. Traylon Burks is another risky one at wide receiver 77. But just think about that. That guy was a first round pick just two seasons ago. And for the most part, it's mostly been injury concerns. We saw some flashes his rookie season. And last year, the Titans were just in complete disarray and he barely sniffed the field. But we now just got Brian Callahan as the head coach, who was the Bengals offensive coordinator. That will certainly help Will Levis and will certainly help all the receivers as they lean more into the pass game, especially with everyone expecting Derrick Henry to leave. And there's still another chance that not only Derrick Henry leaves, but so does DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks is sitting pretty as the Titans wide receiver one yet again. So I think he's an easy, easy, easy buy. I don't see why Traylon Burks is down at wide receiver 77, despite the disappointment. I think it's a little too early to call him a total bust. And I think with the Titans probably looking different next year, at least in terms of how much they pass the ball, Traylon Burks will be a value regardless of if DeAndre Hopkins leaves. But if he does leave, we're talking about a super value at Traylon Burks. So go ahead and start trying to send out some offers for him. The next one is Jonathan Mingo sitting at wide receiver 80. This one's tough, but we're in the offseason. It's all about speculation, and that's why I like Jonathan Mingo at wide receiver 80. I think that's pretty low, but reasonable given it was an incredibly disappointing season. But I do still think that the Panthers will go get themselves a real wide receiver one this offseason. And I do think that Mingo would actually be a solid wide receiver two. With his profile, he has 91st percentile burst. He's 6'1", he's nearly 230 pounds, and he was a second-round pick. He had a ton of volume last year and did nothing with it. But part of that was, A, bad throws from Bryce Young, bad play calls from the Panthers, bad offensive line, not giving enough time, and him having to go against cornerback one coverage. I do think that he could be a solid wide receiver too. And again, I've already talked about the Panthers probably taking a step forward next year. Why not get the guy that has now spent a full season with his rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, working on that connection, going into year two with that. I think it's totally okay. Dave Canales, again, an offensive-minded head coach, 
there's going to be investment into this offense. And I think Jonathan Mingo could do a lot better in a more complimentary role on this offense, as opposed to being like kind of the focal wide receiver one here. The next two wide receivers I have for you are Bengals wide receivers, Andre Eosivas and Charlie Jones. Currently, Tyler Boyd is a free agent. There's still a chance he re-signs pretty cheap just to remain like a career Bengal, but he'll certainly test the market. And T. Higgins may be gone as well. That's one of the biggest rumors this offseason is where T. Higgins will go. So then you have to look at the Bengals and how they would replace these players. Of course, the draft is possible, but they've seen lots of success from Charlie Football, from Andre Eosivas, especially Eosivas. Last year, he has the profile to take on the T. Higgins role. He has 90th percentile, every single workout metric, and he's 6'3", 200 pounds. Love myself some Andre Eosivas, and he scored four touchdowns last season with an 18% target rate, which is really, really good. And Charlie Jones, Charlie Football, he just profiles as a really good slot replacement for Tyler Boyd. Uh, wide receiver 121 right now. Andre Eosivas, wide receiver 94. These are some cheap, cheap guys that I think have potential to at least heavily increase their trade ma- trade value, especially if both Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are gone. There's going to be an excellent opportunity to resell these guys maybe before the draft uh, if if both those guys are gone. But either way, I think that their role increases next season and they're attached to Joe Burrow. Why not get some Andre Yosevis and Charlie Jones for free? And lastly, it's John Mechie at wide receiver 98. He has not done much yet, but Robert Woods, they have an out on his contract and I don't think he did enough for the Texans to want him to return. And Noah Brown is also a free agent currently. While it's possible he re-signs with the Texans given he did a lot for them, he might test the market given he might feel that, you know, he's earned a big contract and a bigger role on a team. He won't do anything better than the wide receiver three on the Texans because of Tank Dell and Nico Collins. So we have to look at John Mechie, who's probably going to get a bit of a roster boost, depth chart boost, uh, and maybe some more volume next year. Last year was technically his rookie season as he missed his true rookie season. So I do think that John Mechie at some point will hit, hopefully. He's a really good route runner. He was a second-round pick out of Alabama, and he should be a pretty solid slot receiver. So John Mechie's someone I'm at least going to try to get in a throw-in, see what happens at wide receiver, 98 price tag. So that's running back, wide receiver, and quarterback. Last thing I have for you guys is just a few tight ends. My metric for this was outside the top 32 tight ends in Dynasty. Uh, We'll start with Darren Waller, who has really fallen from grace. He's tight end 33. And again, Saquon Barkley is probably gone from the Giants this year. This offense is going to look different. And while the Giants have an out on Darren Waller's contract, if Saquon Barkley really is gone, they could use all the help they can get, even if he's 31 years old. Last year was very disappointing, but that was mostly due to health and just how bad the Giants were in general. He still has an excellent profile. He's still been one of the better tight ends in the league when healthy and even had a 98-yard one-touchdown game last season. So there's still some hope for Darren Waller. And at his price tag and age, I can't imagine he's that expensive. Certainly risky, but at the tight end 33 price tag, That's really not a lot to spend, and I think it's worth it given the potential ceiling you could get from him. And remember, guys, last season I made a video calling Darren Waller the bust of the year at tight end before the season. 
called him my bust of the year at tight end, Tony Pollard, my bust of the year running back, Garrett Wilson, my bust of the year wide receiver, and Deshaun Watson, my bust of the year quarterback. I mean, I nailed all of those. And yet I'm coming right back to the well on Darren Waller. I like his value now. I think he'll be solid next season. On the Giants or not, he's still going to be playing football. My next one is Jelani Woods, who is tight end 37 right now, which is totally reasonable. He didn't play football at all last year. And this was one of my biggest disappointments last season. I was really overweight on Jelani Woods. He was one of the guys I was drafting at the end of every draft. I love his profile. And I love the fact that he was having a mobile quarterback. We've seen time and time again that these mobile quarterbacks love their tight ends. And that's what we saw on the Colts offense last season and from Anthony Richardson in his small sample size. Last season, there were 120 targets, 120 targets spread across the four tight ends that the Colts used that last year. And he just has an insane profile. He's 6'7", 250 pounds with a 95 percentile burst and 98th percentile catch radius. He just has an insane profile and will be the starting tight end on the Colts next season, which again, 120 targets went to that position last year. He had a two-touchdown game as a rookie against the Chiefs. One of those was a game-winning touchdown, and he had an eight-reception, 98-yarder that same season. He really has shown a ton of promise. I really do think he could be special next season with that profile. I see Anthony points out Will Mallory as well. He's someone that is I'm keeping my eye on, too. He's the receiving tight end on the on the Colts. So if Jelani Woods has another setback, that's probably who I'd pivot to um, as he was a rookie last year. They took him in like the fifth round, and he actually produced pretty well as a receiver, just not a great blocker. But Jelani Woods is the one I'm going after first, just with that profile. It's insane. And lastly, the final tight end I have for you guys is Hayden Hurst. Right now, he's tight end 43, but he's still under contract with the Panthers. And I've said now at every single position except quarterback that this is an offense that you could find some value in. And Hayden Hurst, I just think, is going to be a value in outperform tight end 43. I don't think he's going to be great, of course. I mean, he's never going to have that big of a ceiling. But Dave Canales utilized Kate Otten a lot in Tampa last year. And I think we could see, you know, five receptions, 60 yards with a touchdown sprinkled in every once in a while for Hayden Hurst as a nice little average. And at tight end 43, that's about all you can ask for. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is every single value player I have for you at every position. We'll do series like this all offseason, but I kind of wanted to do a big one for you guys this week, the first day after Super Bowl reactions. We're really getting into the in-season right now. It's a great time to find some value, especially before the draft. We There's a lot of situations that could change positively, negatively. So really look at your rosters to find some needs. Take some chances. Take some chances this offseason. There's always someone that people are looking to sell that is cheap, that ends up outperforming what they cost. I mean, there's a Nico Collins every single season. Hopefully one of these guys helps you out next year. I really think this is a very solid list. And I think that a lot of these players will outperform their current value next season. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Let's answer just a couple questions before I get you guys out of here. I see one. Um, where's Michael Carter? I thought he was a Cardinal, but player profiler still has him as a Jet. Yes, he is a Cardinal. Uh, not sure why he's still listed as a Jet. Uh, what would I need to add to Hyatt to get Roshan a third rounder? 
that to me is just a lot. I'm not sure if I want to pay too much for Roshan this year again. Again. This running back class is deep. And I know we love Roshan Johnson. I get it. I do too. But I just I think that there's a thousand Roshan Johnsons this season, if I'm gonna be honest with you. This senior bowl had some really good running backs. And I think giving a third rounder for Roshan Johnson is a loss of value. I just do. I think that you could use that third rounder on a rookie running back this year that will probably score the same amount of fantasy points as Roshan Johnson, as much as I hate to say it. Let's see. Uh, I was offered Stroud for the 101, 201, and Michael Wilson. You already have Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Baker. If this is a super flex league, which I'm assuming it is, it is probably okay. Oh, I see. So basically you, okay, sorry. I, I thought you had Stroud for a second. Okay. Yeah, I would, it looks like somebody says move Baker. I would definitely try to put Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield in this trade and see what you could do. I, it might not be, it's, I would probably just send that 101. And not throw that 201 in there, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think that you could definitely make the argument, uh, you know, that Caleb Williams or even Marvin Harrison Jr. are elite assets, right? And you shouldn't have to add too much more to get Stroud to Caleb Williams, I don't think, right? So I I just, I don't, giving that 101 is tough. I would rather start with Deshaun Watson and or Baker Mayfield or both. Maybe trade both Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield and just, you know, be really skimpy, but stacked at Mahomes and Stroud. But either way, I think that that's probably a bit too much currently. And then you're going to have four quarterbacks. So you really need four really solid quarterbacks. You're going to have to start making a lot of moves. So I, I would try to work out a different package here, but I don't think it's necessarily too far off. And that should do it for questions. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This was a very fun episode of Wake and Take. I had a great time breaking down these values. Thank you so much for tuning into the chat. I will see you all tomorrow on the YouTube and Instagram. And also make sure to check out the Wake and Take podcast. We are available everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thank you to those that listen to the podcast version as well. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.